Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What the Chell, your friendly neighborhood non-misogynistic hockey podcast. I'm your hostess. My name is Haley, and I am here with a very special guest host. I am here with Hannah Peterson, a.k.a. Cookie Hannah. She is a fellow Ducks fan, and I am so excited to have her on to talk about this crazy week that we've had in the NHL. So, Hannah, do you want to introduce yourself? Who are you? Just give us a little bit of intro to you. Yes, thank you so much. First, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to be on this episode with you. I've had so much fun listening to what you've done with the pod this season, and I'm excited to see what you do with the rest of it and I'm just proud of where you're at yeah and I just yeah I want to say thanks for allowing me to be part of this episode um but just a little background about me for hockey related purposes I um I've always I grew up in Orange County so always been about 20 minutes away from Honda Center and I would go to a couple of games as a child but we weren't like a sports family by any means and um It wasn't something I really got into until I was in high school, which unfortunately was many years ago. But um, I had a friend that we would go, I would say like a handful of games every season, and I just fell in love with it. And it's been something that um, I've kind of gotten all of my friends involved in, which is great. So nice to have people that I love enjoy something and we have that to do together. And it's kind of just become my life at this point. Honestly, mood. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's awesome. Um, what do you like to do outside of hockey? Um, I still, outside of what I'm doing with hockey, I still have a full-time job, so that does keep me pretty busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really eat, sleep, and breathe hockey at this point, So, <laughs> and so do my friends. So this is kind of like an all-consuming thing for us. Other than that, we just go to concerts and go to movies and things like that. But this is our, this is our life. So fun. I love that. <laughs> And you're a season ticket holder this season, which is got to be so much fun. It is so much fun. It's yeah, it's a little crazy, but we all decided to, you know, just just full send and do it. And um, it's been so amazing. We I don't think we have any regrets, but I didn't think it would be something I would do until I was much much older. But it just felt like the right time. I love that. It's such a. I feel like <laughs> it's such a good time to really get into the ducks with like our young core kind of coming up and just getting to watch them grow every single game like so cool and it's such a fun such a fun atmosphere I love Honda Center oh my gosh it's the best and the community of people that I've met along the way you know including you and um it's just everyone is so welcoming and so kind and it's been such an amazing experience being a season ticket holder and being a fan so far um and like you said just with where the Ducks are at and where we hope to see them go in the future. It's just such a great time to be so involved. Yeah, for sure. And you're also, like me, a writer for Inside the Rink. So tell me a little bit about that. How's that going? It's been so much fun. It's definitely a little something out of my comfort zone, um, but I've enjoyed it. It's been so great. And again, like I said, the community of people, not even just Ducks, people but hockey people in general they have been so welcoming um and really taken me kind of under their wing anytime I've had questions or if I've made mistakes here and there in my writing just the people that will reach out and help you um it's just such a wonderful community and I I feel so grateful to be a part of it and 
um, yeah, I just I just want to share my knowledge and keep learning. I think that's the most exciting thing is that there's always something to learn about the sport and it's just always exciting. Yeah, for sure. I learn something new nearly every time I watch a game or yeah. listen to a podcast or I'm on Twitter. It's like, I'm always like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I kind of feel like <laughs> an imposter sometimes because I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel like I should have known that as a hockey fan, but... <laughs> you live and you learn every day and yeah people are so great for the most part in the hockey community which is really lovely yeah yeah it's been so nice for sure okay so like I said in the intro it has been a crazy last week week and a half in the NHL we have a lot to talk about especially since I did not release an episode last week so let's just go ahead and jump right into it um Starting off with the NHL being stupid again and um, (laughs) threatening to fine Marc-Andre Fleury and the Minnesota Wild if uh, Fleury wore a mask with a Native American heritage design on it. Um, His wife is Native American and Cole Redhorse Taylor, who is a Native American artist, designed the mask. Um, And then Marc-Andre Fleury basically said, screw the league and its dumb policies and wore the mask anyway. And nothing happened. Like, the league did not find him. And the mask sold for $35,000 in a charity auction, which tells me that people don't agree with these policies that the NHL is coming up with. Like, they want this stuff to to be a thing they support it they like it and I just I don't understand this policy about not being able to like represent causes on the ice yeah yeah totally I think I think Gary Bettman as the commissioner gets a lot of flack for especially the the rules that they set in place kind of going into the season with the banning of pride tape and and which you know has been kind of reversed but I know he catches a lot of flack for it as the commissioner, but I'm sure, unfortunately, there's a lot of other people involved in those decisions. And it's just crazy to think that they're still so close-minded about letting these players advocate for causes that are important to them, even with um, the the cancer ribbons on yeah. helmets and just crazy things. Um, but I'm glad I was glad to see players still continue, like Mark Andre in this case, and. Um, Travis Dermott for the Coyotes who used the pry tape in his game where they won against the Ducks, which, you know, if you're going to use pry tape on your stick, that's fine with me. (laughs) It's just, I hope that players will continue to kind of follow suit and see, even if they do get the fine, they have money to pay for it. And I hope that they continue to stand up for what they believe in and and pay the fines if they have to, and just, you know, make their voice heard. Yeah. I feel like it's stuff that shouldn't even be controversial. Like, the cancer awareness ribbon or a Native American heritage design. It's like stuff that really shouldn't be a big deal is getting blown up. But like you said, like it's great to see these players like knowing, okay, like I have the money, like what's a $5,000 fine? Like that's pocket change, you know? Exactly. They're like, so it's, it's great to see them just standing up to the league being dumb about it and just, saying like screw you NHL like I'm gonna do what I want because what are you gonna do fire me like yeah yeah (laughs) these rules are so old school this way of thinking is so old school and I think hockey is 
continuing, especially with just, you know, the, the players that we have coming up in the league, they're so young, so they're so progressive, and these kind of rules are not going to, to stand in a league that continues to, you know, it's just an expanding league, and it's they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to to hold these players back from saying what they want to say oh absolutely I think yeah I think it's definitely getting more and more progressive and I think the administration kind of side needs to follow suit and get some younger people in and get some new voices in some diverse voices because from what I've seen it seems to be mostly old white men Of course, and of course. That's not working too well, I don't think. Yeah. I think it's time for some changes coming up yeah. here soon. I agree. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so I'm very proud of Marc-Andre Fleury and all the other players who have stood up to the silly, silly rules this year. <laughs> yeah, Flower is such a good guy. He is. He really is just so <laughs> wholesome and so yeah. lovely. Okay, let's talk about something that wasn't so wholesome and lovely. Um, (laughs) The insanity that was the Kachuk brothers face-off in the Panthers-Senators game. Excuse me. Um, What happened? Like, (laughs) that was just absolutely insane. Like, the 10-minute misconducts for everyone on the ice. I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, definitely not. I'm bummed I didn't get to see the game. I wasn't watching on TV, so it was kind of after the fact. I got on Twitter that night and started to see all of the clips, and um, I was, you know, same thing. Like, what happened? What is going on? And so I kind of had to backtrack and, and get to the bottom of what even started it. But, um, yeah, it was wild. I truly don't think anything like that has ever happened. <laughs> the ref was like, I'm not even – gonna take the time to figure out who did what it's just everyone (laughs) just leave (laughs) yeah could you imagine calling off all those penalties listing all the players he just said you know what let's wrap this up everybody (laughs) 10 minutes that was so crazy I still can't really figure out what started it I was like you I wasn't watching it live and I'm like yeah I, I I think it was Brady like being feisty that started Which I feel it? like is kind of out of character for him. I mean, we know Matthew is typically yeah. the feisty one. Yeah, but I, I don't, yeah, I can't quite figure it out. But all of a sudden, it was like everyone was fighting and then everyone was sent to the locker room. <laughs> yeah, like... yeah, I, yeah. I can't imagine what happened in between that, you know, that intermission. What what was going on in the locker room? I can't imagine. But And it's interesting, too, because it's not like the Panthers and Senators really have like a heated rivalry it just feels like a really random thing for them to just go off the way that they did but it was it was wild I think it was literally just brothers being brothers and like starting to fight each other and then their teammates were like "Mm -mm, you are not fighting my man like (laughs) I'm gonna stand up for him and then like all of a sudden and then it was just almost like comedic timing i guess when the the camera panned to the benches and there's like five players on each bench. oh yeah yeah the coaches were practically counting on their fingers who they yeah. still had left to put in yeah yeah it was insane i saw the stat that there were over 160 penalty minutes given in that game which yeah is, that has to be some sort of record yeah it's gotta be like and then 
and poor Grandma Kachuk was there, and she was just, like, in disbelief, like, what are these boys doing? Like, what is going on? She really was all of us, because her face in that video, when they panned to her, and she's just, you can tell, she's kind of trying to figure out what just happened. Yeah. So I definitely could relate to how she was feeling in that moment, but I can't imagine those being your grandsons out on the ice. She's like, ugh, I thought I raised them better than this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, really? These boys are such instigators sometimes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was... I wish I had seen it live, and I can't even imagine being there. Like... Oh, no. (laughs) I feel like I would just be cracking up. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, luckily, no one got seriously hurt. There was was nothing too damaging to come from it. So, in the end, it was pretty comical to go back and watch. Yeah, for sure. It was something else. I love moments like that. Like, there's a, a kind of an infamous image between a Caps and Rangers game where between the two of them there's like 10 players in the box and like it's, oh, I don't know it's yeah. always so funny to me when it's just like a massive amount of penalties I don't know I'm like you guys are funny silly little boys that just can't control yeah. your tempers for 60 <laughs> minutes <laughs> which is maybe the great thing about hockey too is that they're allowed to kind of act on that a little bit and yeah, yeah. it just it just calls for entertainment for everybody yeah, it's just, it's part of the sport. Like, hockey wouldn't be hockey without some feisty boys. Nope, wouldn't be the same. <laughs> I'll be interested to see if we have some feisty women, as the PWHL has announced its schedule for the inaugural season. Um, the opening game is going to take place on January 1st at 1230 Eastern which is kind of early for me here, I'll be honest. I'm like, 9.30? <laughs> I'm still asleep But what a at great that way time. to start your day. Yeah, start the day, start the new year, watching New York and Toronto facing off. Um, I just hope that these girls get some good TV slots, even if it's just ESPN or NHL Network. Um, yeah. But I do hope they end up on ESPN or ABC or TNT or whatever it may be. Because I think they just, like, deserve that exposure. Like, I've seen a lot of these women play um, in the PWHPA and um, the PHL before those leagues kind of disbanded. And, like, they're phenomenal. And so I just, I hope they get the, the recognition and the viewership that they deserve. Yeah, totally. I'm surprised that they haven't announced quite yet where it's going to be. Um, where you're able to, to view it or stream it because it is coming up pretty soon. But yeah. I, I, like you said, I hope that it gets good airtime and this is such a progressive, exciting thing for women in sports. And so hopefully, like you said, they get what they deserve and everybody can watch and enjoy. Yeah. I hope we get to see some feisty women facing off too. <laughs> I think that'd be just as fun as seeing these feisty boys. Oh, if not more, because how often do you get to see ladies let their their anger out like that? Yeah, right. I feel like it's got to be just such a different, like, culture uh, in women's hockey. I would love to talk to a women's hockey player, even just, like, a a beer league women's hockey player and kind of find out if it's, like, a different type of culture and around things like that. Yeah, in a sense, I guess I would assume. I mean, women do tend to be a bit more respectful of one another. So <laughs> I, I find it hard to believe that they'd be as willing to throw hands in a yeah. heated moment on the ice. But you never know. Never know. Sometimes that competition will just really get to you, I bet. <laughs> totally. 
Um, a couple little random pieces of news. Um, the Minnesota Wild fired their head coach, and John Hines will be taking over. I don't know anything about John Hines. I don't know if you do. Um, no, name doesn't sound familiar, but <laughs> I hope it's good for the team because, to be honest, the Wild hasn't really made a lot of waves so far this season. Yeah. Um, and I for know being they're trying a, to. And... a playoff team last season and then just exactly. kind of being meh this season, it's like, uh, something needs to change. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully this will be the thing that they needed, kind of, kind of like Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking. I was actually doing – an interview with an Oilers fan that will be going out next week, um, earlier today. And she was telling me, um, you know, she was like, I was upset about the coaching change at first, but like I, she was like, I kind of think it was the catalyst for the players to realize, Oh, like we messed up. Like we just cost this man his job. Yeah. And then they kind of got it together. So maybe it'll be like that for the wild. I I hope it will. Cause they're a good team. Like they're, they yeah. have some solid talent. They're just, I don't know, kind of flopping this yeah. this season. So. Which, as a Ducks fan, I, I I have a hard time saying anything about that because I feel, <laughs> I feel for you. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes teams just need a little kick in the butt to yeah. get them moving, and and maybe this will <laughs> be it for the Wild. I don't know what it's going to be for the Ducks because, like, we had we had that brief period of very exciting winning coming back all the time and then had that eight game losing streak that we're going to pretend didn't exist um (laughs) let's hope last night was the kick in the butt that we needed yeah oh yeah which you know they started their losing streak against the Avs in mid-november and then they snapped it last night against the Avs. so (gasps) i didn't even realize that yeah oh yeah so hopefully that's so cool (laughs) And then they play them again on Tuesday, so I'll be really interested to see how that one goes. Yeah, for sure. And we'll talk more about last night's game later because Hannah was there and it was very exciting. But yeah, Yeah. we'll talk about that more. Okay, another little bit of big news that came out this week. Uh, Patrick Kane signed with the Red Wings and he will continue wearing his signature number 88. Um, teammate Daniel Sprong gave it up willingly to him um, because he kind of said that he's a legend and he deserves to have that number and I just kind of feel like Patrick Kane is like Mr. Worldwide right now like he's just like all over the place I feel like yeah no totally and I don't know if you saw that meme of Spongebob where he's like checking off a little list and it's Patrick Kane checking off all the original six teams that he's playing for but oh, I thought that oh was yeah pretty I think funny. I did see that he really is he's like collecting them like infinity stones or something yeah like, <laughs> totally it's like he's gotta be I feel like he's gotta be getting close to retirement or like getting up there he's like gotta be like mid-30s yeah so he's 35 so okay. Yeah, probably maybe dwindling down a little bit. So but I wonder oh if God. he'll be able to pop to those last couple of teams. <laughs> that would be retires. amazing. Just like one, one a season. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you heard on the Late Arrivals podcast too, but they did talk about it and I just thought it was funny. They kind of mentioned Daniel Sprong um, kind of, you know, I'm giving the number to him and they were like, come on, dude, like. It's his number. Like, you're not really doing him any favors there. He deserves the number. <laughs> That's so funny. I haven't listened to their latest episode yet, but it's true. It's like, it's kind of a his thing. Like, 
Yeah. It would be like Alex Ovechkin switching teams and not giving him number eight. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to let him wear his number? It's his number. I wonder. I haven't seen. I wonder what number Daniel Sprong is going to take. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Maybe he'll choose one, like, probably that he's worn in the past, yeah. I guess. He was a capital for a while. Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And now he's Red Wing. There's this, like video where he was like saying his name and he just said it in the most like monotone way and like every time I hear his name he's like Daniel Sprong it's like I just like hear that in my brain I'll have to see if I can find it and put it on my Instagram story because it's just like so funny for no reason but anyway oh yeah I'd love to see that (laughs) um more NHL controversy big surprise um former goalie Scott Darling uh, called the NHLPA Monsters. Um, if you don't know, the NHLPA is a player assistance program where players can get help for things like mental health, addictions, um, any kind of issues that they're going through. Um, but Scott Darling was on the What Chaos podcast, and the host said something like, oh, the NHLPA is such a good thing for players and um Darling was like, wait, 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 no, absolutely not. Um, And he did not mince his words. Um, So I'm just going to read the direct quote. And I am going to swear here. So just (laughs) I'll mark this podcast as explicit because of this. But (laughs) just if you have like kids in the car or something, you know, just skip forward a little bit. Um, But he said, fuck them. Um, I told players about what I went through. If you need help, do it on your own. Don't ever go through the PA. I'll say... Honestly, I hope you guys fucking hear this. They're monsters. They're trying to make you break your contract. If you walk out the door, then the NHL can break your contract. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so interesting. Because I feel like when you do hear about players utilizing this kind of benefit or this out- outlet that they have, um, typically you take it as a good thing. And you do think it's nice that they have this kind of program to fall back on if needed but I've never heard someone kind of come forward and say that it's not so great yeah I this like breaking the contract thing is like Mm -hmm. that's I feel like that's really messed up if that's true um yeah having players basically it's like if you enter this program it's like you have to complete this whole program whether or not it's beneficial to you otherwise like yeah we'll terminate your contract oh like that's just and he seemed really passionate about it like if you actually like listen to the clip like he was fired up about this like he was angry so clearly something happened to him in the program that Mm -hmm. wasn't so good and yes I'd love to hear some other players perspectives on it yeah absolutely do you do you know why he entered the program for himself I don't I don't know anything about him really um he yeah he was playing I think before I really got into hockey so I'm not sure but yeah I would love to know I'll have to do some more research on that and and do some more investigating because that's that's a um a hefty quote there. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. A little a little troubling. Yeah, for sure. Um Yeah, not not much more to say about that except for yikes. Um <laughs> yeah. but it might explain this part of this whole debacle with Corey Perry. Um 
that has been going on this week. Um, so I'm sure you've heard because everybody is talking about it. Um, and we still don't know what happened with Corey Perry and his uh, being placed on waivers with the Blackhawks. Um, but Corey Perry did issue an apology. Um, he said that, quote, this situation did not involve any of my teammates or their families. Um, and he also said that he has, quote, started working with experts in the mental health and substance abuse fields um, to discuss and work through his struggles with alcohol to make sure that this type of thing never happens again. Um, and I saw a lot of people in the comments on, you know, this apology saying, why did they waive him? Why doesn't he just go through the NHLPA um, and just get the help he needs and then get back to playing again and I if what Scott Darling said is true like that might explain it yeah that's interesting like you said it it definitely I would assume plays a role which prior to this I I didn't know um because I kind of had the same question when the news finally broke about what what went on and what happened and the cause of the termination of his contract you know I was confused as to why he also wouldn't just enter the players assistance program and go through it that way and why the Blackhawks chose to just terminate his contract altogether it seemed strange but yeah maybe he wasn't welcome to the idea of going through the program yeah for sure I um I mean I feel like the Blackhawks have handled it poorly which to me is not a surprise coming from the Blackhawks (laughs) um but they it just became a PR nightmare because they weren't saying anything and so if you don't tell the people what's going on the people are gonna guess what's going on and it led to some wild rumors (laughs) um including that uh cory perry was sleeping with mama bedard (laughs) i just can't even wrap my head around it i i was at work and Natalia texted me. She was like, Corey Perry got waived, whatever. And she's like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And then yeah. a couple minutes later, she texts me, he slept with Bedard's mom. And I was like, <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Uh, like, and okay, listen, it was kind of funny when we didn't know what was going on. I'll be honest. Like, I was kind of <laughs> laughing at the idea. But then once we found out that there was something deeper and more serious going on. I was like, okay, let's lay those memes to rest. Poor Connor has been through enough. Like, <laughs> like, do we really need to um, continue to put this 18-year-old through memes about his mom sleeping with Corey Perry? Like, let's... <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you said, the, the memes at first were, you know, a little funny, Um, which I hate to admit, but I I had the same reaction where I was at work um, and I just went on break, opened Twitter, and the very first thing that I saw was a meme about what happened and I was shocked um, and then had to do some digging to try to find out what was real and what wasn't and at that time we still really didn't know. Um, But yeah, I do, I feel so bad for him. He's, you know, he seems like such a sweet guy. He does, yeah. And he's so young, and this is absolutely going to follow him around for the rest of his career, probably, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. I feel like between the, like, pressure of being this generational talent, 
on top mm-hmm. of having to play in Chicago, on top of never having eaten McDonald's or been to a concert. <laughs> like, this kid has had enough. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's just his, you know, his mom, too. They, they seem like a lovely family. Yeah, they do. Um, and they've clearly supported him and taken great care of him through his, you know, childhood and early adult life to get him to where he's at right now. So this is just such such a big slap in the face to all of them, unfortunately, so early on in his career. But um, he did comment on it, was reported actually by TMZ, which is so crazy. Oh. But yeah, he basically, um, he basically said, he was pretty straightforward and said, anything you see on the internet is just made up BS. And oh. Um, oh, I missed that. the case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was it was only maybe two days ago or so. It was pretty, oh, okay. pretty recent that he commented on it. So um, which is good. You know, it's I'm, I'm glad that he felt comfortable enough to to come out himself and say, don't believe it. That's not true. It's just sad that he had to do so. Yeah, for sure. He I mean, I'm proud of him for just being like, it's it's BS. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> that's sometimes you just, you gotta be straightforward. You gotta tell it like it is because people will take any nuanced words and twist them around and spin them to be whatever they want it to be. So sometimes you just gotta say it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel sad about Corey Perry, of course, as a longtime I'm Ducks sure, fan. Yeah. Yeah. But I hope, you know, I, we don't have all the details. We still don't know the full story of what happened, and I'm sure it will take some time if we ever do. Yeah. But um, ultimately, I hope he gets the help that he needs and can all move on from this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm really proud of him and anyone who gets help for mental health struggles or addiction struggles or um, whatever they may be going through, and I think it's great. But I do genuinely hope that the Blackhawks, if they're able, do come out and kind of give us more details because right now they're being as transparent as a piece of plywood um and yeah (laughs) and people are just gonna keep speculating and there's gonna be rumors and you know I've heard oh he slept with uh Casey Chelios or oh he got Mm. drunk at a dinner party and um you know assaulted someone or whatever and it's like we've heard all these things and I know that the people involved are not enjoying this experience and not enjoying yeah. people speculating. I can't imagine what it's like being the Perry family right now and, and having to deal with all this. And so it's like, I wish we could just find out so we can just lay it to rest and just move totally. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but yeah, I just, I wish the best for Corey Perry. I was not a Ducks fan when he was playing, so I don't know him too well, but from what I've heard, like, he's just a great guy and a phenomenal player and, like, so special to so many people. Yeah, yeah, he was so much fun to watch, just such an exciting player. Um, he, you know, he's kind of, to me, one of the faces of the team when I first became a fan, so I have a lot of sentimental feelings towards him, and it was sad to see him go when he got traded, and um, it's, you know, it's a bummer that this is probably the end of his career and this is how it's going down, but... Again, he's he's had a great career, and um, just hopefully he can get the help that he needs, and maybe in the future become a mentor and still work in the NHL in some capacity. Yeah, it'd be great to see him again. Like um, we've been seeing, like Ryan Getzlaff, like working with the rookies mm-hmm. and stuff. It'd be great to see him uh, go back to one of his teams if once he 
you know, retires from play. So I hope he's able to do that. I think that'd be yeah. really, really cool. Um, yeah. We have more about the Blackhawks being a shit show. Um, Shocker. <laughs> I don't, I just don't know. They just need to like overhaul completely. Like they just need to start fresh with all of their office staff, yeah. all their management, all their everything. Yeah. Um, supposedly Connor Bedard wants out. Um, and is very unhappy with the team's culture. He says he feels isolated and frustrated by the lack of respect within the organization, and he's extremely unhappy with the way they handled the SA scandal involving Brad Aldrich. And, like, all of that coming from an 18-year-old who is got to... He's got to be so excited to finally, you know, be in the NHL. This is his dream. He's living it out, but already being so unhappy with his organization like says a lot yeah absolutely I mean I feel like at the time of of him getting drafted you know of course there was the the assumption that he was probably coming to the Ducks and that's not how it worked out which is totally fine we love Leo Carlson and we're happy to have him um but when Connor was drafted to the Blackhawks I think all of us collectively kind of felt a little bit sad for him considering the legacy that that organization has over the past decade or so. And it's such a bummer to see a player like him with a future that you know he's going to have get drafted to a team that it's not going to really paint him probably in the best light or set him up for, for success. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I hope that he is able to get out eventually. I don't know if he's under contract or the terms of his contract and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I hope he's able to get out. Um, Anthony Beauvillier was just traded there from the Canucks. um, And I genuinely feel really bad for him uh, because he's (laughs) just such a sweet, lovely, wholesome guy. And I think he deserves better. Um, So I think Bo and Bedard need to just team up and get out of there ASAP. (laughs) Just... Just, I would love to see that. Yeah, they're playing on a line together. At least they were in Beauvillier's first game. Um, so I'm like, you guys just need to become besties and figure out how to get your butts out of Chicago. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, similar for Beauvillier. It's like he's playing for the Canucks, which is a team that's doing unexpectedly amazing yeah. this season. Um, so to get just traded two hours, mind you, before you're supposed to play in a game oh my gosh. and be sent to Chicago with all of this, you know, amidst the drama that's going on, it's just, just not, not fair. Yeah, no, not at all. I hate that they do the trades like that with players where it's like just before a game or like even, I think there was even one a couple seasons ago that was like mid game or something. Yes. And it's yes. like you're just you're done like you can't even play the game you can't finish the game it's like you gotta go bud like sorry yeah like, that's so sucky for them yeah like, yeah I don't get it it's like just let's do it between business hours of nine to five Monday through Friday <laughs> like you can't be traded on a game day I don't know it just seems so yeah like, unfair yeah traded on a game day that's gotta be I mean, and you just uproot your entire life too. Most of these players have families, yeah. and I mean, I can't imagine just getting the news. You're probably suiting up for your game, and you're you find out you're maybe going to fly halfway across the country. Yeah, it's it's wild. I the the, 
being an NHL player or an NHL family is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> like it's hard enough just being a fan. I cannot imagine it being my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh boy. Um okay. So I'm introducing a segment. It might only be this week because the Capitals are so <laughs> up and down. Uh but it's called Caps Corner. Um I just need to talk about them for a minute, so bear with me. Um because we're doing some exciting things. Um, Charlie Lindgren has the highest save percentage in the NHL right now at .934, which is phenomenal. Um, yeah, wow. And he's followed closely by Aiden Hill at .933. So he's up there. He's be, you know being chased, but I'm like, this is so exciting. And unfortunately, <laughs> he is sick or injured or something right now. So he wasn't able to start last night. Um, but he's quickly become the superior goaltender between Charlie Lindgren and Darcy Kemper. Um, and so, yeah, uh, it's very, very exciting. So just, just a little disclaimer, if there's any background noise in any of the, the, this podcast so far, please excuse. I have small little hamsters in my recording space right now and they are active (laughs) at the moment to say the least they are just getting in their daily run today on their little (laughs) wheel it's very funny we'll uh hope it's not picking it up but just in case i was like hannah you should warn the people um (laughs) continuing on with caps corner Devonte smith pelly a former capital and duck and stanley cup champion um, has been working with Caps Radio on the team's West Coast roadie. Um, it's been kind of a little trial run for him because he expressed that after he retired, he did want to get involved with the hockey world again. Uh, so he's been providing uh, color commentary as well as doing some off-ice video and radio interviews, and he's so good at it, and it's been so much fun to watch him, and he just seems so happy. Like, he did um, an interview with... Um, Ovi, like a cute little video interview, and his face was just like lit up the whole time, and they were like hugging each other, buddy buddy, and it was like, it's like cute to see him interact with his old teammates, and he got to um, hang out with Emerson Edom when the Caps played the Ducks, because Emerson Edom is doing color commentary as well um, with Ducks Radio, so it's been so cool to see him and I hope he gets to keep doing it because it seems like he's really happy with it yeah it's so fun when ex-players get to kind of come back and still be involved in some way and especially when they're able to provide their commentary because no one has better insight than they do so it's always fun to listen to yeah for sure and it's got to be such a a different and weird feeling to be talking about your former teammates or people you used to play or whatever you know it's got to be so strange to see them in in that capacity versus in the like player or opponent capacity yeah that's so cool though like good for him he seems to be having a great retirement so far (laughs) yeah that's awesome um okay and we have to talk about tom wilson um (laughs) because oh my goodness tom wilson he got his first career hattie in his 700th nhl game with me in the building (laughs) Um, I'm so sorry, Hannah, but he did it just for me. Like, he knew that I was there, and he was like, listen, she's supported me since day one. I gotta do this just for her. 
Um, That's okay. You know what? I'm I'm happy for you, truly. I'm glad you got to see it. I, unfortunately, also had to see it, but my two friends are actually pretty big Tom Wilson fans, so oh, they were, you know, unfortunately pretty excited as well, so I'm let you guys have your moment. It was like me and two Caps fans cheering in the 400s, <laughs> like, screaming our heads off, and there were maybe, like, 13 hats thrown on the ice. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was there was there was a good amount of hats out there. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, there were a, a decent amount of Caps fans. Like I would say, probably twenty five percent of the people there were Caps fans. Yeah. If I had to guess, yeah. which I was really surprised about. I thought it was going to be like me and five people. So <laughs> I was like, this is great. I love this. So fun. It was yeah. so much fun to get to see both of my teams and the people around me probably thought I was insane because I was cheering for both teams. I was booing for both teams. I was getting upset at calls for both teams. Like, but it was so fun. Like, it's fun to know that you're going to have a good time and you're going to be excited no matter what happens. <laughs> yes, it's a win-win. And I think that's a true hockey fan because, you know, it's it's so much fun to be a fan of more than one team yeah. and to get them watch or to, to watch them play each other. I'm a fan of the Canucks as well. And even though that's, you know, probably a cardinal sin in the Pacific Division. But <laughs> I what can I say? I love the Canucks. And, you know, as much as I wish we could have won that last game against them, I still, you know, I was excited to watch. I was going to ask you, I was going to say, do you have a side ho team? You answered yeah. my question before I even asked <laughs> Yeah. It. It's got to be the Canucks. I love that. They're, they've been so fun <laughs> to watch this season. I've been, like, yeah. getting into their games, and now that they're in my time zone, I can watch them a lot more, and I've just been like, oh, yes. this is a fun <laughs> team. Like, I really love this. Um, yes. Yeah. That game was a lot of fun. Like, the first period was super exciting, and then the second period was very boring. And then <laughs> the third period was exciting, and I brought my friend with me, and it was her first ever hockey game. Um, so on top of it being an, an exciting game for me, it was fun to yeah. like watch someone experience their first hockey game. She had so many questions and she was just like cracking me up with some of her questions and commentary and she, what it's so funny to me. Anytime you bring someone to a hockey game for the first time that mm-hmm. I've brought two friends to hockey games that know nothing about hockey and they're both so fascinated by putting grown men in timeout. <laughs> the sin bin yes they were both like they're just gonna he just has to sit there and i'm like yeah he he committed a penalty wait really they just like put grown men in like in timeout i think it's it's so fun it it was a good good experience overall and i tried kathy's cookies for the first time (gasps) oh my gosh you okay tell me tell me how much you loved them they were really good i mean they were like warm and gooey and soft and i'll be honest i don't think they're worth 18 dollars. like that's kind of (laughs) steep for cookies but they were very good they were very very good yeah I agree. And you're right. They're always warm. You can, you know, when someone around you is eating them because you can smell them. They smelled so good. They're just, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So good. So that was, that was a good experience. Lots of fun. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. Okay. So we are going to do the woman of the week segment. If this is your first time listening, the woman of the week is where I highlight one, two, three, however many women I feel like highlighting (laughs) for the week um, that are in the world of hockey that 
have done some incredible things. So I have two this week. I'm going to give one and Hannah's going to give one. So I'm going to talk about Aaron Matson, who became the youngest college head coach to win a national championship. At just 23, Matson coaches the UNC women's field hockey team. And just the year before, she was playing with the team and won the championship with them. Um, she was a phenomenal player, helping lead the Tar Heels to three undefeated seasons, playing with the U.S. national team since, since age 17, and being awarded the Honda Sport Award for field hockey three times. Um, she replaced Karen Shelton, who retired after 42 years as a coach. So big congrats to Aaron Matson and the Tar Heels for winning that national championship and she's she's gonna do great things I'm sure for them she sounds so phenomenal and like such a cool woman yes so congratulations to Erin that is an amazing accomplishment and another honorable mention of for women of the week is Ellen Hughes yes mama Hughes herself who was inducted into the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame she is team USA women's world silver medalist and is also in the Hall of Fame at the University of New Hampshire which is her alma mater I love Ellen Hughes. I'm a big Ellen Hughes fan. I'm a Hughes family fan overall. Um, And I did see Quinn got to comment on this after he found out that she was inducted. And he said that they didn't even know until day of. He kind of woke up to a text that let them know she was being inducted. And he was kind of nonchalant about it. Kind of like, yeah, I know my mom is awesome and (laughs) she deserves it. (laughs) She is so phenomenal. I feel like usually you hear about players whose like dads played hockey you know they were in the Mm -hmm. league whatever but it's cool to have it be their mom like that's kind of more unusual and I'm like I aspire to be her when I grow up (laughs) (laughs) she yeah she seems to be quite a talented and amazing woman because look at the boys that she's raised and then to go back and look at her history and all the things that she was able to accomplish before having those children, it's just so impressive. She truly is a matriarch of the hockey community. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, she should be um, the NHL's queen. Instead yes. <laughs> of, instead of commissioner, we just have a queen, and it is yeah. Ellen Hughes. I think she could run the NHL like a tight ship, and things would be phenomenal. We wouldn't have issues about pride tape or hockey masks or we wouldn't have bad NHLPA commentary you know it would just be everything would be good if Ellen Hughes ran the NHL yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) or get her behind the bench make her a coach if she can if she can raise those three boys to be as talented as they are I'd love to see what she could do with a whole team oh for sure that honestly I would just like to like it to be an experience an experiment have her coach like a stadium series game or something Mm, just yeah see what happens (laughs) (laughs) i'm so down for that if anybody of power is listening yeah (laughs) which they're not but it's fun to be delusional um it is get on it you know let's get ellen hughes behind a bench asap (laughs) yep okay we are finally going to go to our three stars of the week Um, Hannah, you want to give us our number three star? 
Yes, so sitting at number three this week, we have Charlie McAvoy, who carried on a Boston Bruins tradition over the NHL's Thanksgiving break, where he delivered pies to a local New England shelter to make their holiday meals just a little bit tastier. McAvoy is very involved in philanthropic efforts around Boston. He donates tickets to military members on Military Appreciation Night. He works with at-risk children by visiting and donating homes. And he walked in the 2023 Boston Pride Parade with his wife and dog. So overall, he's a great guy who uses his time and resources very well. I love Charlie McAvoy. He's so fantastic. He's just like, I don't know if you saw last season that like cute little, it was for a bank, cute little commercial with like him and his dad. It was just like so wholesome. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but I just remember being like, oh, it's so cute. Like, it's so precious. Um, Yeah. So he's great. Um, And yeah, love seeing players use their resources and time and money well um so good for him our it's always refreshing yeah for sure for sure um our number two star is Tristan Jari who got a goalie goal um in this week's game against the Lightning Jari scored the goal after the Lightning pulled Vasilevsky helping cap off the Penguins 4-2 win Jari had 39 saves on the night, and he broke a lightning player's stick during a scrum and just threw it on the ice. So (laughs) all around, he had an incredible game, and goalie goals are always very, very exciting. Oh, yeah. You love to see it. It's so rare, but it is so much fun. Yeah. I think I saw some stat that there's only been, like, he's only, like, the 17th goalie goal or something in the league oh wow it's like a very very small number but he also got one when he was playing in the minors I can't remember I think it was when he was playing for the Wilkes Bar Scranton Penguins or whatever the Penguins minor team is I think he got another goalie goal then interesting so maybe he just has a knack for it it's his calling (laughs) truly I don't I don't know what it was but I mean good for him great game for him for sure (laughs) Yeah, that's so exciting. And then, no surprise to anyone, but our number one player, or three-star of the week player, is Leo Carlson. We just had to. (laughs) We had to nominate him. He had to be our number one. He had an incredible game on Saturday against the Avalanche. His three-point performance included an assist, a goal, and his first-ever shootout goal in his first-ever shootout. The goal got the Ducks the dub against the Avs and broke their eight-game losing streak. So everyone say thank you, Leo. Yes. God bless Leo Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> and he is just too good. It was so beautiful. I was just like on my bed, jumping up and down, <laughs> screaming in my house. You were there. What was that like? What was that game oh. like? It was so exciting. I mean, to be fair, the Ducks played pretty well overall. Um, Clearly, I mean, they they made it to OT and then even to a shootout. But um, the game was, it was was a great game. And then when they got to OT, I was, I'm not even going to lie, I was very nervous, obviously. (laughs) But I really, really wanted it to be over because I'm, I'm a shootout fan. I love a shootout. Don't get me wrong. But I really did not think that we were going to be a good matchup in a shootout against the Avs. You don't have Trevor, you don't have Mason, who got unfortunately Mm -hmm. injured in the first period, so was really, really not feeling great about going into a shootout against the Avs, who have such great goal scorers, but 
they i mean what there's one word it's leo that's all <laughs> that's all you can say i think our honorable mention could be gibby john gibson oh yes um who just was making insane saves like just absolutely wild and making so many saves and he also now holds the record for the most games played in the ducks franchise as a goaltender um which I don't think he's honestly that thrilled about, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, between those two, like Leo and Gibby really won the game for the Ducks last night, I feel like. Totally. It was off to kind of a rough start, I would say, for Gibby because he let in that first goal, Mm -hmm. I think the first minute of the game. And so it was, expectations were kind of low going in, but he, he picked that up pretty quick. Yeah. I was a little late starting the game, and, and I finally got it up, and I saw, like, it's like 19 <laughs> minutes and 22 seconds left with yeah. 1-0, and I was like, well, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> yeah, but they turned it around, they as they do. <laughs> I feel like you just, you never know what you're going to get with the Ducks, truly. Nope. Like, they certainly keep you on your toes. For, for worse or for better, they keep you on your toes. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, Leo Carlson was a fantastic draft pickup for the Ducks. Like, I was so bummed that we didn't get Fantilli at first. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. like, he's going to be so good. And then Leo was, like, kind of slow to start. But, like, now that he's started, like, he's on fire. And he's so fun to watch. And he's just – he's going to do incredible things. Yeah, it's so exciting to have him, truly. My friends and I were just talking about it last night after the game. We were so excited, but, I mean, there was so much discourse going into the draft last year about, you know, Bedard and Fantilli, and then out of nowhere, Pat Verbeek chooses Leo as the second, you know, second overall, and I truly feel now that he's what Anaheim needed. He is the piece that was missing, and I just, he fits perfectly. Yeah. He really does. And same thing, I feel like, with Minchikov. Like, he, I think he um, holds the record for the most number of assists by a rookie right now. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Like, he's just, like, between those two. And then, you know, we had uh, Tristan Luneau, who got his first NHL goal. And then Lacombe is doing well on defense. Like, (laughs) we just have such a great little young core there. Yeah, truly. I think, you know, obviously the future is bright, especially when you get to see those guys play. Even in watching them in warm-ups, I love to watch Michikov skate. He is such an incredible skater, and, I mean, his skills as a defenseman are unparalleled, so it's going to be so exciting to just watch him continue to get better. Yeah, and then once we get our three injured boys healthy... (laughs) And we have them all back. I think the Ducks are going to be unstoppable. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Let's just, you know, manifest queen of delusion. It's me. Always. <laughs> Let's just... <laughs> Ducks are going to the playoffs this year. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the listeners are like, <laughs> Hannah's like, sure, Haley. You keep thinking that. No, I, you know, I believe in manifestation. I believe in putting out all the positive vibes. So if, if you say so, and I want it to be true, then it's going to be true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll have to revisit this episode come playoff time and be like, oh, girl, you were way off. Or, oh, my gosh, you did it. 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we end up in the in the standings come you know March. But yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, my friends, that about wraps it up for episode 31 of What the Chell. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on and hosting with me. I had so much fun chatting with you and just being silly and talking about all things hockey. Thank you for having me. It truly was such a blast. I I love nothing more than to talk hockey and to do it with someone who's a Ducks fan. And, you know, you've just been so welcoming to me. And I, I hope that my hamsters were not too much of a distraction <laughs> at any point. But thank you Hopefully so much. Not. Okay, I have to ask you before you go two things. Uh, number one, do you want to plug your socials or plug anything anywhere you want people to find you or things you want people to do or read? Call to action. Give us one. <laughs> All right, sure. So probably biggest one is just Instagram. So you can follow me and find me there. I'm at Hannah Petey. Um, And then I do also, as Haley mentioned earlier, I do write an article about the Ducks once a week for what the Chell, or sorry, for (laughs) Inside the Rink. Now I just want to be a member of your your podcast. (laughs) So at Inside the Rink, you can find me if you just go to um, the Pacific Division and click on the Anaheim Ducks, you'll see me there. So that is where you can find me. Perfect. Okay. And then I ask all of my guests, I didn't prepare you for this question, so you might be like, (laughs) oh, um, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song or couple songs if you can't choose one? Yeah, which, I mean, I know you hear this all the time because how does anybody answer that question? <laughs> like, I don't know how you narrow it down, but I will say, I'll, I'll, I'll leave with this. I'll say probably my all-time favorite song is Right Where You Left Me. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but my number one most listened to song overall in 2023 was Hits Different. Oh, okay. So okay. there's that. Love it. Love it. Those are great choices. I mean, some underrated bops there, honestly. Yeah. I love it. So good. Okay. Um, you can follow me everywhere at what the Chell Pod, and you can follow my personal at hey Lauren underscore. I have it in my What the Chell bio because my middle name is spelled kind of weirdly. Um, and please subscribe on whatever podcast app you listen on. Leave a rating and a review. It helps us out so much and gets What the Chell out to other people. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Repost our stories. Um, I mean, repost our posts on your story. Like our posts. Interact with them. All that stuff helps more than you know. And I love you guys so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I'll talk at you next time. Bye. Bye.